0: Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader, fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. Well, this will be your favorite episode, no doubt, as the Krabby Pastor is going to get kind of crabby about exercise. Oh my gosh, X, the E word, exercise. You know, most people think self-care is just about food and exercise, or I like to at least say fuel and movement. So I, and that's a part of it. But it is only a portion of that, you know, you'd have to trek back to the self care overview podcast to get the full scope of how I view self care, because it includes having people on the journey with you. It includes your emotional state, it includes all of that. It's a I have a more holistic view, I think, Mostly, I see it as anything that is going to help us sustain our human bodies, body, mind, soul. That includes emotions so that we can go the distance, is what I like to say, with God and live life in abundance. That's from John 10.10. And fulfill our Ephesians 2.10 destiny, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we are God's intensely complex craft, if you will. If you think about people that create and maybe create with their hands, or whether you're, you know, writing a book, or whether you are, like I do, doing some stained glass, and that creating piece is also a part of self-care, But if we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works and that God has prepared things in advance for us to do, I think it kind of makes sense to cultivate a readiness in our bodies to be able to respond and to respond well and give God our best, as we like to say, and to be able to continue to respond for as long as we are able to do that. And there are some things that can just help us along with that journey and to keep us going. So um, that's some of what I'm going to talk about is, is keeping us moving as long as we are able. That's for sure. Now, I'm always going to say, you know, I haven't been the best at this over the years. I've dabbled here and there. And I um, there's times I've done really well with food. And then there's times I've done really well with movement or exercise, and I have struggled to get them both going well at the same time. But, you know, you have to just keep working on it. its I hate this idea, but there's no final destination like that. I mean, you have to just keep on keeping on and keep working on it and God brings to mind other areas and and things that you need to work on, because you can't work on it, all of it, at the same time, but you still want to keep knitting and keep knitting things into your life. So I haven't been the best at exercise, but I've dabbled a lot. I think I've dabbled a lot, really, and I know I have to keep at it, mostly because I think I have the slowest metabolism on the planet, as in, should there be a famine in the land, I will be the last one standing. Or it looks like this for people that own horses. You want a horse that you just throw a little bit of hay in there and they stay nice and plump. I had a horse that no matter how much hay you throw in there, he's stayed nice and skinny, you know, <laughs> which, you know, I might like that metabolism, but I don't have it. I have what they used to call the easy keeper metabolism. A little bit of hay stays nice and plump, whatever. And then also, I have had to continue to pursue exercise because I knew it would help me with endorphins. And I think my basic melancholy temperament is prone to low levels of endorphins as well. And so, I I mean, I don't want to be that over in the corner there. So I know I want to manage... Myself well, and and then if if you happen to have a temperament like mine, or maybe you just feel like your endorphin levels are shot, or you have respectable level of stress, and we all have stress because the only people that don't have stress are dead, basically. You know, I know this whole thing is not a, a pretty picture for me if I leave exercise out of the midst mix here. Early in seminary, I want to share this with you, uh, we were encouraged to write a role of life for ourselves, um, including a personal mission statement, which initially I rolled my eyes at, but not anymore. Uh, (laughs) Then again, in my doctoral work and leadership, I had to write out a personal philosophy of life and ministry. The class, which was totally, I felt, a non sequitur to what the class entailed, was titled <laughs> Ministry in the 21st Century. And it was it was a good thing, though, because it did focus a lot on the ministry leader as a person. And I actually had to search around really hard on the hard drive and dig this out for you. And then I had to wade through like 29 pages of stuff that I wrote a while back that uh, where I wrote out my personal philosophy of life, you know. And as I perused through this beast of a document, it occurred to me, you know, I had a sense that I was in need of self-care even back then. Isn't that amazing how God does that kind of thing, you know? And and you don't see it until you you look back at stuff. You know, I've looked back at even the kind of work I did in my dissertation, and that had to do with surrendering to God's purposes, and I said a lot of interesting stuff that now I look at what I'm doing now, which I, I feel like I bungled into, and no, no, I, there was more, again, God was busy knitting things into my heart and life, but let's go back to my beast of a document that I dug out just for you, and... Here is what my my statement is. I want to live out my faith adventure focused on formational growth to maturity that is fueled by rest in integrity, oh, fueled by rest in and submission to Christ, powered by the spirit's anointing to impact others with Christ-like integrity and supported by a healthy well-being capable of going the distance. I'm going to read that again. To live out my faith adventure focused on formational growth to maturity that is fueled by rest in and submission to Christ, powered by the Spirit's anointing to impact others with Christ-like integrity, and supported by a healthy well-being capable of going the distance. Fueled by rest, you know, there's a self-care statement. And then at the end, supported by a healthy well-being capable of going the distance. You know, for the record, my dissertation work ended up being about kenosis, about being surrendered to God's purposes, so... It still is fascinating to me how God knits this stuff together for us. But anyway, back to the love-hate relationship I have with exercise, because you knew we were going back there. I wasn't going to just leave you high and dry on this topic. And I guess this is the first time I said love-hate relationship. You know, I I used to call exercise a necessary evil. And, and some days I say that too, like, you know, all right, everybody, let's plank, which I'm like, what is the purpose of that? Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyway, some of my pursuit of exercise started in my 30s, but got really more rabid when I turned 40. You know, when my mom passed away, and I truly, truly needed to find some endorphins. Uh, so I made serious friends with the elliptical machine. You know, I would play Christian music at the same time, and I could be on there, you know, an hour, just to kind of soothe, you know, I get the music going, it's soothing my soul, I'm, I'm you know, doing the elliptical thing. But also around that time, I made friends with some no neck people. These are the, the people that you see at the gym that have no neck, because they are rapidly doing the weight thing. And I kind of followed them around the the gym a bit. They kept track of when it was leg day, shoulder day, arm day, you know. And I just followed suit with them for a bit. Um, But it was challenging for me to do weights at 6.30 a.m. You know, I see the value in it, but I don't quite have the willpower to get up quite so early. And then in the evening, my husband and I would walk around town, with the dog, you know, during the six months or so that you can do that here in Michigan. Although I have a friend that says the problem is not the weather. The problem is whether you are dressed for the weather. Just saying. So you can already see I have some challenges, probably that needs some work, but um, I don't like getting up super early and I don't like being out in the cold very much. I just did not ever make really good friends with that and the weather here in Michigan, which is beautiful in the summer for the couple months that we have that. So you can also see a heavy emphasis on cardio. You know, I just, this is what I like to do. Just get on there, blast it out and get her done, which still is better than sitting on the couch. You know, I mean, if you get up and you make a lap around the couch, it's still better than sitting on the couch. I'm sort of mooching that from um, couch to 5K, which, you know, I did work that app. And it it is pretty amazing because I am not built for running or speed. And at, at the end of it, I was indeed able to run further than, not faster, but further than I ever thought I could do. But at the end of it, I thought, you know, I just don't like this. <laughs> I just don't like it. You know, some people are really in the zone and all that, and I just, no, no. Here's what I want to say, though, to you is you got to find what works for you. And that sometimes means a little bit of research. You know, okay, I ran for a while, and I went, yeah, I'm not really like this, because you have to find something that is going to fit well for you. For me right now, you know, and if I could talk back to my 40-something persona, I would say, you know, you need to be taking things like stretching and yoga and balance um, a whole lot more seriously than what you're doing right now. You know, as I'm on the elliptical going great guns, I I did find something that works for me. I, I still like walking at a good clip. And... I had a group that I met with early in the morning, eight. Okay, <laughs> six thirty is a, um no, but eight. Yeah, and we would we would walk for a good three and a half miles ish, and I enjoyed that. And then came you know COVID, and nobody wanted to walk outside six feet apart, so that sort of folded. And I knew I had to do something just because you know, I'm the easy keeper and and all that. So I ended up on my bike. And that was the summer that it just clicked for me. And I was doing 40 to 50 miles a week and just loving it. And I would get out, you know, early, eight, (laughs) and I would get on the bike. And where I live, there's just a lot of um, nice places to ride your bike. And Um, So I was really, really enjoying that a lot until, and this this is always the fun part that I get to admit this, until a doctor discovered that I had some precursors of osteoporosis. Oh, happy day for that. And guess what else? Bike riding is not a weight-bearing exercise. Oh, joy. So now I'm ticked because I have to retool right? Find out what works for you. In some cases, there are some things that you have to adapt and adjust to to keep moving. Because you will notice, this is what I would say to my 40-something self, you know, really, seriously, if you don't use it, you lose it. There's a lot of truth in that, way more than what you're going to think. Because as you get older, you realize, Man, I don't get down on the floor very often anymore. And now I'm in an exercise class where I'm like this this leader, this exercise leader needs to do all the on the floor exercises at once and all the stand up exercises all bunch them together. But no, she is saying, "Okay, now we're down on our mats and now we're standing up and now we're down on our mats and now we're standing up." And I'm thinking, She needs to really rearrange this, but probably not because she's working with us to build strength and how to, because, you know, once you're past a certain age, even in your 40s, how often do you get down on the floor on a regular basis and then get back up? And if you don't use that, yes, indeedy, folks, you lose it. So I am now at doing some things that I never thought I would do, like a lot of weight-bearing sort of things, Pilates, and I'm doing some yoga for um, stretching, and I don't know, and I still am bad at Downward Dog, and in uh, standing up from that, I mean, I can do it, but I just would not want to watch a video of me doing it, no way, no way, and I've been at this for about the past six or eight months, and, and I'm, I'm still You know, I got to watch myself talk. (laughs) I'm still not the greatest at a lot, but I'm better than I was, which is the big deal. So I said all of that, and I'm confessing all kinds of things here, you know, in the the effort of helping you to figure out what's going to work for you and find something that you actually will do. I know for me, I need to have an appointed time with people there. It just... If left to my own devices, I mean, I can bike three times a week, four times a week and get in a lot. And I haven't really done a ton of that because I'm trying to focus on some other things right now. But I will be getting on the bike, I know, at least once or twice a week because you still have to do cardio in there somewhere. But I have to have an appointed time, an appointed time so that I, guess what, show up, which is the majority of life. I just show up. And I know that James Clear, I loved his Atomic Habits book, showing up, you know, you get your gear on. Don't think about what you're going to do. You just know you have to get up at a certain time and get your gear on and go stand there. And then the power of peer pressure takes over. So I know I have to have an appointed time for me to show up. And I'm showing up with people there. And the with people there piece is so that I, so I don't slough off. (laughs) I could do some of the things that I'm doing right now. You know, you have the option of showing up live at the studio, or they will send you a link to get on via Zoom. So you could do it in your own living room, or they'll send you a recording. I found out if they send me the recording, I don't do it. And if they send me the Zoom link, I'll fiddle around, I'll get it, you know, to screencast on my TV and whatever, but it, I just do not do the same kind of workout as I do if I am there, even if I'm looking like I'm one of the worst functional ones in the group, which, sad to say, but I was excited when somebody more remedial than myself showed up. (laughs) Misery loves company, I don't know, but Um, that's just what I figured out is that I have to have an appointed time with people there waiting for me so I show up and so I don't slough off. And that is just what works for me. Um, And as for liking it, you know, I'm kind of growing into that. There are medical reasons for me to, you know, be doing this which, you know, certainly I want to adhere to and see if I can make things better. I don't know. But nonetheless, I think the big deal payoff for me is that I'm moving differently. One of the trainers there said she worked with somebody even older than myself, and she was now moving like somebody in her 40s. So that's kind of a big deal. That's a huge deal. So I want to say to you, you've got to find something that works for you. You've got to get up and moving. You you want to go find some endorphins. You want to help yourself to deal with some stress. And you need to find out what works for you. You can just walking. Um, you know, you can make that be your prayer time. You can. There's a lot of things you can do with that. So hopefully you're going to get out there and just kind of explore. And I'm always interested in hearing your stories about this kind of thing. And so you can always email me at margie at margiebryce.com. And that is b-r-y-c-e margie at margiebryce.com. And I will put that probably in the show notes somewhere. And you can let me know how it's going for you. But get out there and get at it. Hey, thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become the crabby Pastor.